0: The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor, statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008, referred to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2008. And uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters, and here's your host, Ken Morey. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the money. The skies are sunny. And old man recession, you are through, you have done us wrong. Well, we will see about that, won't we? Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Money Matters with Ken Barafe, And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market, social security, estate planning, income taxes, you name it. We talk about it and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week's going to be no exception. We have a show full of boring financial stuff for you. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Moray, the host of Money Matters with Ken Marais. Rafe. Thank you, Jack. And Jack is back in the saddle again here. My uh, daughter, Aspen, went off to uh, her new job, although I think they're going to tell her to work remotely and she'll be back. living at home and working from home. Uh, but for the time being, she actually is uh, is uh, in uh, Virginia working, so we'll see. Anyway, we are uh, Jack is back. Thank you, Jack. I am the founder and senior retirement planner of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So our goals for you are for your money to last as long as you do, and we want you to have financial peace of mind. And uh, we currently work with over 9,000 beautiful, wonderful families in 48 Eight states, we are honored, we are privileged, and you know what? Without our clients, we would be nowhere. But I just have to tell you that Barons recently named moi your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors, and actually now for the eighth year in a row. I love it. Yes, and I think they are. St- totally misguided. I don't know what they're thinking, but you know what? I'll take it anyway. So we have a great show lined up for you. And uh, uh, let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, as you guys uh, may know, uh, especially those of you who subscribe to my Market Alert uh, email, and by the way, it goes out at least weekly, and uh, we've, we've got it now where it's, and uh, have been doing it this way for several months, where it's a video and a transcript. So for those of you who like to watch videos, we've got that, and if you like to read, we got that for you as well. So for those of you who are getting that or listening to the show, you know that we are what I'm calling a bullish bear, <laughs> and I know that sounds like it doesn't make any sense, but basically we're a bear, okay? We think this is not a good situation, but at the same time, we're we're bullish in the short term and why? Okay? And I'm going to explain all of that in the face of bankruptcies, job losses, increased infections, mortgages and you know, rent payments being missed, all of that. Why are we a bullish bear? So we'll go over that. Now, also we're going to talk this week about what is the most important number that you need to know, in my opinion. Okay, what is it? And, and, I'm, and I mean that in a context of retirement planning. Okay, so what's the most important number that I think you should know? Is it how much money you have? Is it uh, your income? Is it your expenses? Is it your taxes? What, what is the single most important number, in my opinion? we will answer that question for you later on in the show. Now, also, as we do every week, uh, we will answer social security strategy questions. And this week, I've got two questions that actually have to do with the earnings test. Okay, so what this means is is that if you're still working and you're taking Social Security, they uh, potentially can uh, test your uh, uh, so your wages against your Social Security, and they can claw it back. And so we're going to talk about two questions here that, uh, that will help to uh, clarify that particular issue. Now, also, one of the things that um, we believe in is that growth is important. Obviously, you know, growth is, is, is important. But protection of principle is even more important because once you retire, for the most part, people who are retired, you're not working anymore. You're not putting money into your retirement plans. You're now a consumer of your money rather than a purchaser of your money. Okay. Uh, so, So now what's happening is you're not putting more money in all the time, your 401k. You're taking money out to live on. And so you're now a different person in our view. And protecting the money that's going to support you for the rest of your life, I think, and we believe, is very important. So we have a strategy called invest and protect. And I want to talk to you about why you should consider a strategy to protect your retirement, even though this market seems to be going nothing but up. Okay? So we'll talk about that. And you know what, Jack? Most shows would actually stop right there. I mean, most shows would say, you know what? If we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. (laughs) Somebody stop me. But no, don't you dare stop me because on this show, do we stop right there? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about how much of an inheritance should you leave to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs? And the reason I want to tell you this is because a few years ago, a client uh, who is a graduate of Harvard Business School went back to they, they, they invite the alums back every year and he said that he attended a breakout session at, at the alum thing that they did which was that very question how much should you leave your greedy unwashed they didn't say greedy unwashed undeserving heirs at harvard that's me but how much did you leave them as an inheritance and i thought the answer to that was very interesting so we'll share that with you and have some fun with that so you know what we have a great show but before we dive into it all i gotta give you an update so as you guys may know if you listen the show, I've been training my dog, Noodle. Actually, my wife has been training my dog, Noodle, to ring a bell. It's like this bell that's on the floor, and, he, and she just taps it, she kinda high-fives it, kinda like uh, on that TV show, when you wanna be the first to give the answer, you slap the button and it rings the bell, to let herself out. Well, I had let, let myself out. I mean, let myself, I went outside into the backyard, and Noodle was inside the house, And apparently she was like ringing the bell so much that my son-in-law, who's quarantined at our house with us right now, he was upstairs. He heard the bell going off and he's like, what on earth is going on? He went downstairs and it was Noodle ringing the bell because she wanted to go outside and be with me. So I think she's learned how to use the bell. So let's talk about bullish bears, okay? And uh, so right now we are cautiously in the market. Uh, We have, uh, as you guys know, on June fourth we uh, our 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 buy signal came, and so that's when we decided it was time to start buying. But we're still not fully invested in our equity allocations. We're going in gradually. We're very very skittish about all of this. It just it's all unreal. It's bizarro. So let me go over with you why we're we're feeling bullish, but we're still bearish, okay? So first of all, bankruptcies are rolling in. I mean, it's starting to really become a, a, a real. I mean, it's becoming really something concerning. Job losses. You know, last week between Wells Fargo and United Airlines, what, 70,000 people lost their jobs or some number like that. I mean, it, and these people, those are not jobs that are they're going to get back. And so that's going to start to weigh on the economy and way on profits and all of that and it's going to it's going to start piling up i mean there's no way that it won't in my opinion also we're seeing an, a, a wave of infections the increased in infections you know in texas and other states we're seeing an, an increase in the number of infections the number of deaths and uh, cities are probably going to shut down and uh, in, uh, you know do things to uh, flatten the curve as they call it And then, you know, there's another thing that you may have seen, and that is that I saw that in New York, 32% of the renters did not make their rent payment um, in in, uh, July, in early July. 32% of the people who have rent payments did not make their payment. So how do the real estate companies survive without getting rent? I don't know how they do that, you know I mean? So, and how long can they go and survive and do that? So all of those things tell us that this is a terrible time and that bad things potentially are going to happen and that uh, therefore the stock market should go down in the view of all those things, but yet it isn't. So why? Well, as I've said on previous show, it's Uncle Sugar, okay? Jay Powell, the Federal Reserve Chairman, and our Congress and uh, our President have decided that there is no way they're letting this economy go down. There's no way they're letting the markets go down. So the Federal Reserve is supporting the bond market. I mean, they have already spent $2 trillion or more, and the federal government has spent, uh, what, $3 trillion or more, and there's more coming. I just don't see them stopping that before the elections. Do you, do you think a Democrat or a Republican is going to stop the stimulus to the people that are unemployed right now and say, you don't get any more money, we're cutting you off? Do you think that's going to happen? No, I don't think that is. And the Federal Reserve has said in so many words, unequivocably, that they are going to support the markets regardless of what it takes. So that means they might spend $20 trillion. Who knows how much it is? You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me. So when you look at all that, it's, you start to think that there's like no risk. I mean, what is it that could happen that the Federal Reserve cannot throw money at and fix? Okay, all these mortgages and rents, they go under, Federal Reserve says, we'll buy it all up, no problem. People are, we have more people losing their jobs, the government says, no problem, everybody gets money, we'll give you unemployment and $600 a week on top of that. I mean, there is no, you know, if the government is willing to spend us into perdition, as they used to say, then where's the risk? You know, I think our kids, and maybe in the future, But at least between now and the elections, uh, we feel that there's a lot less risk because of all that government intervention. So the answer is it's Uncle Sugar. And so because of that, we are more bullish than we have been. And uh, we're cautiously, uh, we're a bullish bear. So now if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, and you'd like to uh, talk to someone uh, about uh, building a retirement plan, and our, our goal is for you to have a successful retirement, we want you to grow your money, but we want to do it with protection. We want to protect you on the downside, but still have an unlimited upside. If the market wants to go up, we want to participate, even if we participate cautiously. So if you are over 50, retired or retiring soon, I encourage I you don't to-, know how to- I thank you, except I thank you. Well, I haven't said anything yet, Jack. What are you thanking me for? But if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, Retirement Planners of America.com, and uh, when you're there, you have several options. One is you can uh, click on Meet with an Advisor. You can sit down with one of our planners, and they'll work with you to build a retirement plan at no charge or obligation. And we do this all virtually. Uh, you can attend one of our seminars. Again, they're virtual. We had uh, several thousand people over the last couple of months attend our seminars, and I'd encourage you to do the same. So uh, rpoa.com is our website. All right, we're going to take a break, and we. Come back we're going to talk about what is the most important number you need to know so stay tuned this is money matters and i am ken moraif this is money matters with ken moraif and of course i am your host ken (laughs) moraif Thank you, Jack, and I am uh, founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we're a firm that uh, specializes in retirement planning. So we have two goals for you. One is for your money to last as long as you do, and secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. Wow! Yes, and if we achieve those two goals, then we feel good about what we have done for you, and, and we feel good about ourselves. And this show is designed for you if you are over 50, retired, or retiring soon, and uh, so uh, our website is rpoa.com, RetirementPlannersOfAmerica.com, and uh, you know uh, one of the things that, w- if you were to visit with us, that we would do with you is go through an exercise. One of uh, of the things that we look at is cash flow planning, because in, in our view, happiness is positive cash flow. And when you are retired, in our view, the importance of that is more acute. It's always acute, right? When you're working, you want to make sure you're not spending more than you make. But when you're retired, because you're living on your money now, the amount that you spend becomes even more important, okay? Because your investments need to support that. So I'm going to ask you a burning question right here. All right. And the question is, what is the most important number that you need to know? And of course, this is in my opinion. Um, and, and when it comes to your retirement planning. Well, the number and, and is your cost of living, how much it costs for you to live the lifestyle that you want. And that is, in our view, the most important number. And let me explain. Let's say who's richer? I'm going to ask you this question. Who is the richer person? Someone who has $100 million, $100 million, and their cost of living is $15 million, or somebody that has $500,000, and their cost of living is $20,000. Who's richer of those two? I would argue that the person with the $500,000 is the richer of the two. And the reason I would say that is because of this. If you have $100 million and you're spending $15 million of that each year, you're spending 15% of your money. And what that means is, is that your money may last you, what, eight, nine years, and then you're out. And in my view, that's poor. Now, the person with $500,000 that has a cost of living of 20000 that's 4%. And that person, in my opinion, is rich because… <laughs> Because I define rich as positive cash flow and not running out of money. (laughs) So it's not how much money you have, it's whether you're going to run out of that money. So your cost of living is, in our opinion, the most important driver of everything uh, when it comes to creating your cash flow plan. Because what we want to do is we want to support the lifestyle that you want. So, we have to determine what that number is. So, how do you go about doing that? Well, one of the things that we don't include in this number is taxes, income taxes. Okay, so in this number, your cost of living number, we include everything you spend money on. And a lot of times when we meet with a prospective client, you know, they say, Well, my cost of living is $3,000 a month. And we're like, Well, no, it isn't. Well, yeah, it is. That's, you know, that's my groceries, my utilities, and my mortgage payment. Well, no. Are you taking into account If you buy clothes, are you taking into account any uh, entertainment? Uh, Do you take into account, you know, gifts to charity, property taxes, insurance premiums? You know, so you want to include in that number everything you spend money on except for Your income taxes. And so if you give money to your grandchildren every year, if you give money to charity, and you're going to continue to do that on a regular basis, that's part of your cost of living. That's what you want to do, so therefore we have to include that in our calculations. So we add all of those expenses that you have coming up, and that becomes your cost of living. Now, it becomes a little bit more complicated than that because when we're building the plan, we want to look into the future and say, are there going to be expenses that you're going to have in the future? For example, are you going to be buying a new car? Do you need a new roof? Um, you know, stuff like that that could come up. And then the opposite is also true. Do you have money that's going to come to you in the future? You know, occasionally we have uh, we have clients that inherit money, or they sell their business, or they sell a house and downsize. So, do you have money that's going to be coming to you in the future as well? And you have to build that into your cash flow plan as well to determine what how much money you have and but most importantly how much you're going to spend so once you know how much you're going to spend now we can back into how much money do we need to support that spending and then we come to a number which we call your magic number and if your magic num, if you don't have your magic number because it's not enough to support your lifestyle then two things have to happen one is you can't retire, <laughs> you gotta work longer. Hopefully you still have a job in this economy, but you have to work longer and save up to get to that. Or you can reduce your cost of living. And I can tell you that in all the years I've been doing this, and I've been doing it for, gosh, it's what, 30 years maybe, uh, at least over 20. Um, the number that uh, impacts your cash flow over the over time the most is reducing your cost of living. It's amazing how, you know, somebody who spends $60,000 a year, if you can get them to spend $50,000 instead, that $10,000, it magnifies how long your money can last. It magnifies or it, it, it reduces the amount of money you need to support your lifestyle dramatically. And the reason is, is because $10,000 today, if you spend that every year for the rest of your life and you build in inflation to that, it's a huge number. And the support of that is tremendous. So again, the most important number in our view that you need to know going into your retirement planning is what are your expenses going to be and are they in line with how much money you have? And if you can arrange it in such a way that you have a positive cash flow, we think that you'll have a successful retirement. I'm glad we had this talk. Well, Tom, I am too. (laughs) Now, if you'd like to have uh, a retirement cash flow plan built for you, uh, we'll do it for you, no charge or obligation. And uh, we'll build an entire plan around your individual situation, custom built for you. And you can do that by going to our website, rpoa.com, and clicking on meet with an advisor. If you do that, we'll schedule a time to visit with you virtually and uh, we'll walk through the whole thing with you. And at the end, you'll have a plan, and if you decide that you wanna work with us and have us implement it for you, that's fantastic. We'd love to do it, that's great. And if you don't, that's fine too. Either way, there is no charge, there's no obligation, and we will part friends. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And Bogey is right. It is absolutely that, the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Now, also, uh, this week we have uh, several seminars, or next week, should I say, uh, that I'd like to invite you to watch. We have seminars on retirement planning in uncertain times. You know, there's there's two components. One is for those of you who aren't retired yet, but want to be, you w- you want to build to that. How do you do that in this crazy world we're in with the virus and pandemics and the economy and the stock market and everything else, social security. And then also for those of you who are retired, we have uh, planning on what to do now in that environment as well. So these uh, the seminars are available to you. If you go to our website, rpoa.com, you can sign up for that. And we've had several thousand people uh, attend those uh, virtual live seminars over the last a few months, and I encourage you to be to, to do that as well. So, our website is rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about social security strategies, and we're going to talk this week about the earnings test. So, stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. And uh, we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. And I am founder of Retirement Planners of America. And we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50, retired or retiring soon. And uh, what we want for you is two things. We want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. To hear you say that makes me love you, baby. Well, I love you back. And, uh, you know, Financial Times named our financial advisory firm one of the top 300 registered investment advisors, actually for the third time. Um, And so we're very proud of that, obviously. But without our beloved and most valued clients, we would be nowhere. So all you clients, we, we thank you for the privilege of working for you. And, uh, you know, one of the most important things that we talk about, uh, it seems, with clients and prospective clients, and even on this show, is Social Security. And uh, it is a major component of your retirement planning, I think, for at least for the people that we work with. Okay. Um, so I have here two questions. And this week we're going to talk about strategies with regard to the earnings test. So let me kind of set the stage. The earnings test is that if you are under your normal, your full retirement age, should I say, and for sake of conversation, I'm going to say it's age 66, okay? So if you're under 66, then, and you are working, there's what's called an earnings test. And what they do is they will take back $2 for every dollar that you exceed the earnings test number by. And so that clawback, is kind of what we're gonna talk about here is how how to navigate through that and and not have lost um, benefits. So first question I have here is I earn 110,000 a year. My wife earned $6,000 in a part-time job. She turns 62 early next year. Will my earnings cause her social security benefits to be reduced? Or will she be all right because she her earned income is below the earnings test threshold? So that's a very good question. So the answer is, as long as she is receiving benefits on her own record, meaning she's not t- taking half of yours or she's not doing anything like that, as long as she's getting it just on her record, then your earnings will not cause her benefit to be reduced or withheld because the earnings test looks only at the earned income of the individual person. So, because she makes $6,000 or did, or, or, you know, she's making that, it won't cause that. Now, as you noted, her income does fall below the threshold, so that's, that's okay. Now, keep in mind, however, that there's two things with Social Security. One is the earnings test, as I just described, where they take back money if you earn more than, than certain amounts. But the other thing is that even if they do give it to you, <laughs> even if you do get it, they will tax it potentially. And because you make $110,000, then 85% of her Social Security benefit will be taxed. And that's because they take your joint benefit, your joint income, I mean, Uh, to calculate how much taxes on your social security. Now, to be clear, when I say they're going to tax 85% of her social security benefits, I don't mean they're going to confiscate 85% of her $6,000 or of her benefit. What I'm saying is, is that they will tax 85% of her benefit. So you take the benefit, multiply that by 85%, and that becomes taxable income and then your joint tax bracket is applied to that, okay? So, that's uh, one thing. Now, let me uh, see if I can quickly get to this one. I'm 64. I'm taking Social Security benefits. I was notified that my Social Security is being withheld, so I suspended. Can I safely say that I can continue that suspension and build my Social Security until I'm age 70, or will I not be able to build it any longer because I've already started at age 62? So, So the answer, let me answer this quickly, is before full retirement age, your benefit is in suspension because it is being withheld for the earnings test period. It's not truly in suspension because you're not 66 yet, so you haven't suspended it, okay? But the effect is the same, so your point is the same. When you turn 66 and you are no longer subject to the earnings test, you can voluntarily suspend your benefit, you can stop it, and then you can let that 8% start building until you're 70 and start taking it then. Okay, so between working and suspending, you may be able to mitigate some of the damage that you've created by filing early. Fascinating. And very logical, Mr. Spock. (laughs) So one of the things about Social Security that maybe this discussion I just had with you illustrates is that Social Security is pretty darn complex. All right. It's extremely complicated. And so don't make these decisions without talking to somebody that has training and experience in that area. And uh, we have our retirement planners at our firm, they go through a a training program and a testing program on an annual basis to see that they are uh, as knowledgeable as we can get them in terms of answering questions and helping you to navigate through social security. So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, we have uh, videos, we have articles, uh, podcasts, we have all kinds of information on social security. We also have a seminar coming up that you can attend virtually that I encourage you to go and attend where we do talk about social security retirement. It's called Retirement Planning in Uncertain Times uh, where we discuss that. But also you can visit with one of our retirement planners and have them walk you through a game plan on your social security at no charge or obligation so all of that is available to you rpoa.com RetirementPlannersOfAmerica.com. all right we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about why even though this market seems to go nothing but up you should consider a strategy to protect your retirement so stay tuned this is money matters and i am ken moraif this is money matters with ken moraif and of course i am your host ken moraif Thank you, Jack. And I am founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. We work primarily with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. So if that's you, we'd love to meet you and see if it's a a good fit for us. And uh, we have two goals for you. One is we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. You know, we call your retirement your second childhood without parental supervision. So we want you to go play. We want you to have fun. We want you to relax. We don't want you to worry about all this stuff. Let us do the worrying for you, and uh, you go and have fun. Now, of course, with the pandemic, that's not so easy right now. And unfortunately for many um, who have lost their jobs and and that kind of thing, it's not so easy either. Um, So one of the things that is extremely important in our view is protection of principle, protecting your retirement. And, you know, growth is extremely important also. Um, but in terms of retirement planning and all that, we prioritize, okay? So we want you to have growth, but we want you to have protection at the same time. Because growth is important, no question, but protecting your principle is even more important at There's this no stage of your life. In our view, there is no doubt. And so that's why we have a strategy we call invest and protect. And this is the strategy that said to sell in uh, this year on March 10th, which was coincidentally our strategy said to sell, but it was the day before the pandemic was announced. It was like, before that, we didn't know we had a pandemic. We knew it was bad, but that, the next day, and uh, certainly the market uh, had a precipitous drop uh, in March and then bounced way back, as, as you guys know. And uh, our, our buy signal uh, came on uh, June 4th of this year. And so we, came, we started buying back in. So our view is we want to protect against major losses. And our strategy is designed to give us an unlimited upside with a tolerable downside. Okay, and so there's a a word that you may have heard, it's called drawdown. And drawdown is how much money you can afford to lose before it starts impacting your ability to stay retired or your ability to retire. And so we wanna look at that number to decide how much risk is appropriate for you and also to, to look at protecting the money that you have. So for example, some people who are fortunate you know, and I'll, I'll, use a, I'll use the numbers. Let's say that you have $2 million, okay? So we'll pick a nice, beautiful, round number. You got $2 million. And let's say that if you, you could live on $1 million, okay? You can get by. You'll find a way. I know it's going to be hard for you, but you'll find a way to live on $1 million. So let's say you can live on a $1 but you got $2 million. Well, what that means, therefore, is that you could lose 50% of your money. You could lose a $1 million of your $2 million and be left with $1 million. And you could still live the lifestyle that you want. So now you have, let's call it, a 50% drawdown that you could afford to have. Now, most people that I've met are not like that, okay? Most people, 10% is about the limit of of their drawdown before it starts to cause them to have to reevaluate how they're going to live, where they're going to live, what they're going to do. So for example, I'll ask you, listening to the show right now, if you lost 25% of your money, would that change your your plans about being able to retire? Would it change, if you are retired, would it cause you to start thinking about maybe I need to not travel like I was planning on, maybe I need to downsize my house, maybe I need to change my lifestyle, maybe I need to go back to work, which by the way, in today's world, that's not the easiest thing to do, is it? So, and, and uh, unfortunately, it seems that when the markets are tanking, it's usually in a time of bad economics where the economy is not doing well. And that being the case, if you are retired and you take a large loss that is beyond your ability to tolerate, then what could happen is you're looking for a job in a period where the jobs are potentially not available. Oh. Oh. Yes. And the other thing also that you have to take into account is that if you are over 50, unfortunately, there is age discrimination in our country. You know, uh, if you look at studies that were done about the credit crisis, the, the, the people that were let go first were primarily, were a large percentage were over 50. And then when people started hiring back, which was a year and a half later, they were not the first to be hired back. And people who are over 50 tend to not be hired back at the rate that younger people are. They tend to be let go first. And then when they are hired back, you know, the average person over 50 that was hired back after the credit crisis, they saw their income that, on average, 26% less than they were making before they, they were laid off. So, you know, again, it, you're when you are of a certain age, <laughs> shall I say, uh, the planning considerations that you have, I think, are very different than those for somebody who is in their 20s or 30s or even in their 40s. I think once you get into your middle 50s and beyond, you're, you're not the same person as you were when you were younger from a financial planning standpoint, in my view. So how you plan for that, the, how you strategize for that, what you do, all those kinds of considerations, I think, are different. And in our view, we have a core principle uh, in terms of our investing, that says that growth is important. We want to grow money, no question about that, and that's our goal. But protecting principle is more important than that, because what's going to generate the income during your retirement, in most cases, is going to be your investments. And if you lose those, then you can't support the lifestyle that you want. So put the the cart before the horse, you know, and you could get in trouble. Make sure the horse is out front. And that is protect principal first, and and then... Hopefully, uh, you- you'll have your money last as long as you do. So one of the things that uh, I'd like to invite you to do is go to our website it's RPOacom and when you're there we podcast this show so for those of you who enjoy the show you can go there and listen to it at your leisure you don't have to listen to it live on the radio um, you can also we put we have videos on there on retirement planning topics from Social Security to estate planning to a lot of other things we also have uh, um, articles white papers that you can uh, read if you if you're a reader uh, if you're not a watcher, and uh, we have, uh, as I said, videos, and we have podcasts if you're a listener. So regardless of the sense that you like, you can binge watch on our website. And I'll tell you, I think binge watching our website and binge listening is way more fruitful of an exercise than binge watching uh, Tiger King on Netflix, okay? Just just saying. <laughs> Although there are some good shows on Netflix. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm just saying maybe it's better use of your time to educate yourself on retirement planning topics. So our website is rpoa.com. Now, while you're there, there are several things that are coming up next week we have uh, webinars we have uh, live seminars should I say virtual that are on uh, on uh, uh, Medicare planning important time of the year for that we also have one on cybersecurity, and we have another one on retirement planning during uncertain times and we've had thousands of people attend those uh, over the last uh, uh, couple of months I encourage you to go there and, and uh, attend and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll educate you and help you to plan for your future so all of that is available to you on our website it's rp oa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our estate tip of the week. And it's we're going to answer the burning question, how much should I leave as an inheritance to my greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs? So stay tuned. This is Money Matters. And I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. I am founder of Retirement Planners of America. We are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50 who who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then we'd love to meet you and see if it's a fit and if we can help you. We have two goals for you. One is we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. We want you to relax, enjoy, and not worry about all of this boring financial stuff. And what we tell our clients is we want to worry about this for you so that you don't have to and uh, you know many times we've said that your retirement should be your second childhood without parental supervision you should go play have fun and enjoy life you've worked hard you've earned it and we want to help facilitate that if we can now the other end of that is that at the end of your journey Um, there might be an inheritance that you want to leave and so this is the part of the show we talk about estate planning which is passing on to your greedy unwashed undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor and by the way do not send me any emails I know that your heirs are very clean deserving and not very and not greedy they're very generous I know that you have perfect heirs okay but on the off chance that somebody out there has a greedy unwashed undeserving one I'm joking around so we're gonna talk this week about how much should you leave as an inheritance? And it's a very interesting question. What is the right amount to leave as an inheritance? And I have a client who's a graduate from, uh, from uh, Harvard's uh, business school. And uh, a few years ago, he told me that he had gone back to the Harvard, they, they, they bring all their alums back to, to Boston once a year for their alumni uh, reunion. And they have all these breakout sessions. And one of the breakout sessions was, you know, how much should you leave as an inheritance? And he said, now, Ken, you have to realize that I was in there with billionaires. I mean, these are Harvard grads who are now billionaires. He was in there with uh, the granddaughter of h and you Block, know, and these, these are rich people. And so what is the optimum amount to leave as an inheritance? So we're going to answer that question, but first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. My pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And, of course, that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches. And, you know, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags. We do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. Now, this week, it's kind of an esoteric kind of abstract exercise because I'm pretty sure that very few people listening to this show are billionaires. (laughs) If you are, good on you, congratulations, but I suspect that most of you aren't. So this is kind of an, an interesting uh, uh, discussion, more so than it is a practical one. But anyway, so this client, who by the way, is not a billionaire himself, he's, he's just a regular guy, but he did graduate from, from uh, Harvard Business School, and so he said he went to this breakout session and they were talking about what is the optimum amount to leave to your children or grandchildren. And so the theory that uh, the person that was talking said is you don't want to leave them enough money that they uh, don't have to work the rest of their lives, that they don't uh, have any incentive to be productive. You know, They just live on the fat of the land as it was. So therefore, even though you may be a billionaire, the belief system of this speaker at this thing was that you don't leave them enough that they can just take the rest of their, their life off and just uh, live on that. However, he said, you also want to leave them enough that they have a safety net so that if they were to fall, that, you know, there's money there so that they won't starve it, you know, so that they're at least taken care of. So what do you think the number is, Jack? What do you think it is? Uh, how much did, did he say was the, the amount that you should have or leave to these greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs? Ten million. Ten million. No, actually, it was less than that. He said two million. So he was, t- he was suggesting to billionaires, billionaires, that you should only leave your children two million dollars only, quote unquote, right? We should all have $2 million. But here's the question, uh, or, or why? Because what he said is, you know, if you use the rule of 4%, which means you can draw 4% of your money out each year without spending all your principal, if you leave $2 million to a child, then basically you've left them $80,000 a year of income. Now, 80000 is a lot. But it is not enough for you to go and buy Ferraris and take the rest, of your, the, life, your, the rest of your life off and, you know, be foolish with your money. But it is enough that if for some reason you, you, your business venture doesn't work or whatever, that you can live, you know, without having to worry about where your next meal is going to come from. So isn't that interesting? He said for, for you billionaires out there. So all you bil- billionaires that are listening to the show right now, if you want to know what the number is to leave to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, no more than $2 million dollars. Okay, <laughs> so like I said, this is totally an impractical conversation because uh, for most of us, uh, two million dollars is more than we can leave our kids anyway. But uh, still, it's it's interesting to think about. And you know, maybe you put it in proportion to how much money you have. You know, don't leave them enough that they lose the incentive to be productive, but leave them enough that they are not worrying about their next meal. If they lose their job or whatever, okay. So that's uh, just a little discussion for you there. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, I encourage you to go to our website. 50. 50 over here. Yes. And I know there's lots of you out there, and our website is rpoa.com. And uh, when you're there, there's there's lots of things that we have available to you. First of all, we podcast this show. So if you want to listen to the show, you can subscribe to it, uh, have it downloaded to your device uh, on a weekly basis. You can listen to it at your leisure, at your convenience. And uh, so the show, we podcast. Also, we have many, many, many Videos on retirement planning topics ranging from estate planning to uh, social security to uh, how much risk is appropriate for you, diversification, all kinds of stuff. We also have uh, lots of articles that you can read on these same topics. So we try to uh, appeal to whichever sense you like best. So if you like to read, we have that. If you like to watch, we have that. If you like to listen, we have that for you as well. Yes, it is, Dorothy. Well, no, it isn't. It is true. But also, while you're there, you can uh, sign up to visit with one of our retirement planners at no charge or obligation. You can attend our virtual seminars, which we've had thousands of people attend over the last couple of months. I'd encourage you to do that too. Retirement planning in uncertain times is the name. So, rpoa.com. All right, we got to wrap this show up. I cannot believe how fast it has gone. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Of course not. It's only the beginning. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Morafe or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.